0: You can just leave it there. Thanks. All right. It's good to see you guys. Who's keen for the holidays? What are you keen for? Yell some stuff out. Sand. Is that what you said? No homework. Going to Byron. Extreme. New Zealand. The Hobbit. Fireworks. Christmas. Okay, there's lots of stuff, but it's like... I can't really hear you. How good are nerds? I'll tell you about them in a second. All right, well, I love summer holidays. When I was in year seven, my year seven teacher kind of told the whole class you have about 60 summers left. That's it, 60 summers. Because that's about how long you're going to live on average 60 more years. And so, And that really hit me. I can remember where I was the day I heard that because I loved summer. I lived for summer and 60 left, that's not many. And I realized you don't know how long you got left. You may not even have... 60. You got one shot at life on this planet. And I realized right then, I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to waste a single day. I don't want to waste my summer. I don't want to waste any of it. That's something I'm really passionate about. And so my challenge to you tonight is don't waste your summer. And my question is, how? How do we make sure that we don't waste our summer? Let me pray. Maddie prayed. I want to pray again for God's help. Father God, thank you that you spoke to us through your word and thank you that we get to think about it now and hear you speak and and understand it better. God, please, we pray that you would speak, that you would change us. We pray that tonight people will become Christians and receive eternal life. We pray that we would be changed and you would save us from wasting our lives and wasting our summer. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, first of all, I want to ask you a question. What are you living for? What are you living for? Because that's the question that this passage is about. And my guess is lots of us, we don't know. Our generation doesn't know. And so what we tend to do is just think of something, friends, family, I don't know, fun, good times. And we think of something we decide, I'm just going to live for that. But the reality is, what are we living for? I don't know. I don't know. what. What's the goal? Why are you here? What's your purpose in life? What are you living for? Because until we can answer that, man, we're lost. How could you know how not to waste your summer unless you know what it's all about, what you're living for? And that's true little of, of summer, let alone the rest of your life. And, and so that's why it's good that that's what this passage is all about. It's Jesus, and he's teaching his disciples. And man, he is shredding. I love it When Jesus speaks, because you just can't argue with it. He, it's just spot on. When he, when he speaks, you just realize, man, that is so true. This passage is a command. And Jesus says, don't live for stuff in this world, because stuff in this world won't last. Live for something that will last forever. Live for God and his kingdom. That's what we're going to see. Have a look at verse 19. Check in your Bibles. You should be bringing your Bible every week so you can make sure what we're saying is true. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Treasures. He's talking about treasures. The image I get when I think about treasures is like a pirate's chest and it's got like double loons, whatever they are coming out, and diamonds and goblets because you need goblets. That's tre... Treasure, I mean, obviously that's treasure, but treasure's actually, man, it's the stuff you value. It's what you're living for. And Jesus says, don't make the stuff you're living for stuff of this earth because it won't last. And Jesus gives you some examples, some first century examples. Moths will eat your clothes, and rust will eat everything the moths can't get at, and anything else, man, thieves will probably steal it. I don't know if you've realized this yet, but stuff in this world doesn't last. You know, you have the best mobile phone, you love it, and you drop it in the toilet. How many of you, you, has anyone done that? My mum's done it multiple times and there's a few out there. Dropped your mobile phone in the toilet. Thank you. Or here's another one, you're, you're really into clothes and you just love these clothes. One year later, they don't fit you anymore or the fashion's changed and finally jeggings aren't in anymore. Please, God, let that be soon. Um, you know, your clothes, they don't last. They wear out. Your stereo breaks. Someone steals your iPod. Your CD gets scratched. Your veggie patch dies if you've got a veggie patch fluffy the dog carks it it's tragedy someone reverses into your car if you haven't worked this out yet the stuff in this world doesn't last more than that you can't take any of it with you when you die and as we've heard over the last couple of weeks this whole world is passing away God's going to recreate a new world so why would you live for something that doesn't last? Now, is this just talking about stuff you own? No, it's anything that you value. That's what your treasure is. Anything on earth that you value. Now, let me tell you some of the stuff that I'm, I'm tempted to value, for, uh, to value. Reputation. My appearance. Gadgets. Um, what people think of me and, and my friends. Um... The good life. Man, I reckon if there's anything that we love on the Central Coast and we value, it's the good life. Fun. Living, you know, living the dream. And that's what actually makes summer holidays so dangerous because it's our chance. You know, we look forward to it all year and finally it's here. But it's so dangerous because we can get so caught up in that good times. At the end of the day, it doesn't last. You know that feeling on the last day of the holidays, don't you? When you kinda of think, That was good, but that's no, over. That didn't last. I was looking forward for that for so long, and now I've got to wait another whole however long. It doesn't last. I reckon living for stuff in this world is like being given one nerd. Alright, who likes nerds? You know when your mate's got a box of nerds and you're like, Hey mate, can I have a nerd? And they have to give you one because they got like 10,000 of the little things. <laughs> they can't say no. And so imagine, you know, they, they kind of pour it into your hand. Imagine one comes out. You've got to pretend you're stoked because you don't want to look like a scab twice. So you are like, thanks, mate. Mm. It tastes really good. But for, it packs a punch for a little thing. It tastes really good. But yeah, a moment later, you're kind of like, is that it? did not really satisfy me. Is that it? I reckon that's what living for stuff in this world is like. It doesn't last. Now, we're, we're so smart, we think, all right, I'll have another nerd. Wrong solution. That's not going to last either. Nothing in this world is going to last. So the question is, what are you living for? And will it last? Jesus says, Don't live for stuff on this earth. Don't live for stuff that won't last. Instead, Jesus says, point number two, live for something that will last forever. Live for God and his kingdom. Have a look at verse 20. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Heaven is a place where things do last forever. And Jesus says, store up your treasure there. What does that mean? Well, it means value the things that are in heaven. Live for those things. Now, what sort of things? Well, I'll give you one obvious one. God is in heaven. So value him. Value treasure, being with God forever. That will last. He will never let you down. He is eternally good. He's way better than anything in this world. I mean, he made this world. Make him your treasure. You can have a relationship with God that starts now and that goes forever. And that will last and that will satisfy. It's like the difference between being given one nerd and making friends with Willy Wonka and getting a lifetime pass to the chocolate factory. It's satisfying and it will last. It's so different. Man, don't live for stuff in this world. Live for that. God, value him. I reckon that's the main thing that's going on in this passage, but there's more here. I reckon there's a couple more things. I'll give you three. Number one, did you know that there will be rewards in heaven for the good things you do for God if you're a Christian? Have a look at verse 18. We didn't read it out, but it's there. Verse 18, at the end there, it says, your father, that's God, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And it's there three times in that chapter, actually. Verse 4, verse 6, and that one, verse 18. It doesn't say what the reward is, but it does say this. If you're a Christian, the good things you do for God will be rewarded in heaven forever. And I bet you the reward's good. I bet you God is not going to be stingy. That'll last forever. Forever. Man, I reckon it's nuts. We don't talk about that more. We don't think about that more. Think about how much that would change how you would live your life if you remembered that when you do good, you'll be rewarded by God. Will I help that person? Man, it's going to be inconvenient. It's going to take 10 minutes out of my day. (sighs) But God wants me to and I want to please God. And I'm going to be rewarded forever in heaven. Yeah, man, I'll help you. Like, How much does that make everything worth it? Store up treasure in heaven. Do good for God if you're a Christian. That's number one. Number two, there's more here. I reckon, and the Bible says, that our lives are about bringing glory to God, honor, praise for Him. And forever in heaven, we will honor God for how good He is. We love at Eva Youth glorifying God, bringing glory to Him. And the praise and the honor that you give God now will last forever. So start now. Live to glorify Him. Number three, I'll give you one more example. And this one is one that gets my heart beating. Every single person will spend forever in one of two places. Heaven or hell. Every soul, every beating heart. Eternal paradise or eternal punishment. And all you need to do to go to heaven forever is put your trust in Jesus as your King and your Saviour. That's all anyone needs to do. So guys, store up treasure in heaven by bringing people and helping them to make Jesus their King and Saviour so they're there with us. Make sure that you are going to heaven and then drag as many people along with you as you can. Be heaven's biggest promoter. Let's pack that place out. Did you know God is able to do it. He's able to save. Do you know 54 people at EV Youth this year that we know about have become Christians and told us? Yeah, give us a cheer. 54 people, God has saved, that we know about. That is amazing. That's 54 people. That's one every week on average. Now, they're not all every week, but they kind of... But that means 54 people, one every week, goes from a future of hell to a future of heaven. Goes from... Being guilty to being forgiven goes from no relationship with God to a relationship with God. How good is God that he does that? That's happening among us. God is mighty to save. That's why your leaders give up their Friday nights each week to be here. They're living for things that will last forever. They're living for God and his kingdom. Why don't you join us in that? Is there anything better, than, better to live for? Let me ask you this and, and you can answer in your own heart. What are you living for? Where are you storing up your treasure? Will it last? Because Jesus says, don't live for stuff that won't last. God, his reward, his glory, soul saved, that will last. That's something worth living for. Now on a surface level, that's what this passage is about. And, and yet there's something deeper. Because this passage is not just about you making your life count. This passage is about your heart. God is looking for your love. So that's point number three. God demands to be your number one, to be your everything. And that's why it matters what you value. Have a look at verse 21. The the verse there starts with the word for, which means you're going to get a reason. For, here's why. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now imagine it's Christmas morning and you are sitting in church. You haven't opened your presents yet because mum says church first, then presents. But you know, you reckon, under the Christmas tree, there's an iPhone 5 shaped box with your name on it. And how good would that be? And you are sitting there in church. Now tell me this. Where does your mind keep drifting back to? Where do you wish you were? What are you thinking about? You're going, oh, I can't wait to get home. I can't wait to get, open the presents. See, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so that's why this matters, because God wants your heart. Now, you may, may not have known this before tonight, but God demands and deserves your love. Did you know that God demands to be number one in your life, to have your heart? Verse 24 says that he wants to be your master. In fact, he says you can't have anything else as your master, just God. You can't have two number ones. God says, I want to be number one in your life. Did you know that that's what God demanded of you? See, becoming a Christian is not like putting God back into your life like another ingredient in a cake. In fact, it's not even like putting a cherry on top of the cake. Becoming a Christian is radically reorientating everything in your life around God. It's throwing out the recipe and just starting with God and and whatever God wants. You start to live a God-shaped life. God is stamped on every decision that you make. That's the demand that God makes on your life. He's looking for your love and he deserves it. I'll tell you why he deserves it. Because he created you. He gave you the breath you breathe. Personally, you were created by God. So he deserves your love. But more than that, because he's worth it. God put every star in the sky. God invented the color blue. God decided to give you taste buds. Good decision, I say. God is all-powerful. He can do anything. He's all-knowing. He knows everything. He's amazing. And God loves you with a rock-solid, never-failing, unending love that sent him to the cross to die for you. That's love. That's our God. And he is worth our love. He died for us. So the question is, is he number one in your life? Maybe a better question is, what would your best friend say about what's number one in your life? I'll tell you what, he's not always mine. And so pretty quickly it becomes obvious that if this is a ladder to heaven, we haven't got a chance. If this is the first rung on a ladder to heaven, put God number one, how many of us are even getting off the ground? If we're going to get to heaven, we need to be carried. We need a Savior. And that's the whole point of Christianity. That's why Jesus came. He's the Savior. He sacrificed his life because of his love for you to make a way for you to be forgiven. And here's what he says to you tonight. I know you haven't lived right. But come to me and I will forgive you. Come to me and I will make you right with God. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you eternal life forever in heaven. How amazing is that? That's the gospel. That's the good news. I love it. I love Jesus. He's the best. And so the way to respond to what I'm saying tonight is not to go, okay, then I'm going to try harder because you're not the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. The way to respond to this is to say, I'm sorry, God. Please forgive me. Jesus, please be my Savior, and please help me to live for you from now on. And if you pray that prayer, God promises that he will answer it. Jesus becomes your Savior, and you don't need a ladder to get to heaven. You're already there. Jesus carries you. And so then, with his help, not to get to heaven, but because you're already there, you start to live for him. Now, I'm going to bring it all together. Because my goal tonight has been to stop you wasting your summer and actually to stop you wasting your life. And it all hinges on this. What are you living for? Jesus says tonight, stop living for stuff that won't last. Stop living for stuff of this world and live for something that will last. Jesus and his kingdom, make him number one. And here is the challenge to you this summer. Make these holidays count for eternity. This summer, get serious about Jesus. Do you know, for the next two months, these will be either a slingshot or a slippery pole for your Christian life. Okay, you're going to have a lot of time and youth group's going to wind down. So the temptation for you will be to just stop stop climbing and just chill. But the Christian life is like being on a slippery pole. If you're not climbing up, you're sliding down. It's like being on a bicycle. If you're not moving forward, you're falling off. And so if you take a break from Christianity over the summer, you will waste your summer. But you'll go backwards as a Christian. You may not even come back next uh, next term. I've seen that happen. Or you could get serious about Jesus and harness the extra time that you'll have and the next two months could be a slingshot in your Christian life, launching you into next term, 10 steps ahead and ready to keep growing for you will this holidays be a slingshot or a slippery pole will you get serious about jesus will you make this summer count for eternity i'm going to end by just giving you four really practical ways that you can not waste this summer become learn obey and tell spells blot that's not that nice a word, so just remember four things. Become learner, be tell. Become a Christian. If you've been hanging around here and you're sussing stuff out, tonight, stop sitting on the fence and get in on the action. Start living for something that will last forever. Tonight we've already talked about how, but I'll spell it out. Make Jesus your king. Start living for him and make him your savior. Trust him. To save you. That's number one. Become a Christian if you're not already. Number two, learn more about God this summer. You know, when you're obsessed with someone, you just want to know everything there is to know about them. God is amazing. There's so much to know and learn and and love about him. This summer, get serious about learning more about God. Get God's word into you. Every single day, read God's word. You know, you'll probably, hopefully, brush your teeth every day. You'll probably have a shower every day. It's a good idea. You'll probably eat every day. Why wouldn't you read the Bible every day and hear God's voice? Pick a book of the Bible. Talk to your leader if you can't think of one. Pick a time of day so so it happens every day and and get in there and start learning more about God. Some other ideas. Come to church even when youth group's not on. There's five other services here. Pick one and start coming as much as you can. Maybe start memorizing some Bible. I heard about a three-year-old who memorized 23 chapters of the Bible. That's not a joke. You can do it. You memorize song lyrics. You memorize movie quotes. Why not memorize God's word this summer? Pick a Christian book and read that. Maybe chuck some Bible talks on your iPod and start listening to them when you're going for a run or whatever you do. That's number two, learn. Number three, obey God this summer. As you're learning, start putting it into practice in your life and, and letting it change you. Every day is an opportunity to become more like Jesus. So take it. You probably know there's something that you need to work on in your life that that God's not happy with. Work on that this summer. Number four, tell. This is my final thing. Tell people about Jesus this summer. Tell them how amazing he is. Tell them that anyone who believes in Jesus has eternal life. There's lots of stuff you can invite your mates to where they'll hear that as well. Carols this Sunday. Christmas services, when Christmas is. Hey, you want to come to church with me on Christmas? Pretty cool thing to do. You can bring a whole family. It's a great church. You'll hear about Jesus and why it matters. Above all, I reckon, Summerfest, if, you, if you're in extreme, extreme, if you're in 1150, if you're in your nine, that either way, make sure you're inviting your mates to hear about Jesus. Pray for them. Think, think right now. Who am I going to invite? Pray for them and bring them along. Guys, don't waste your summer. We're back on the 1st of February and I want to see every single one of you back here having been slingshotted, not slippery pole. Here's the challenge for you. Will you make your summer count for eternity? Will you get serious about Jesus' summer? I'm going to pray that we will do that. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the warning it is. And the truth is, Father, I pray that if there's anyone here tonight who wants to start living for you, that right now they would trust you and, and say, thank you for being my Savior. And they would start to live for you from now on. Father, I pray that we would all make you our number one, that we wouldn't live for the stuff of this world, but we would live for something that will last for you, for your kingdom. God, we pray that this summer people become Christians, that, that um, we would grow and that your name would get glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to do discussion groups now. And in your discussion groups, there's going to be a piece of paper that you can fill out. We'll get that around to you. That's a chance for you to think, how will I make the most of summer? Make some plans. Make some goals. You don't have to make the biggest plan in the world, just something that's going to be a challenge to you. Thanks for listening to me. See you guys here next week. And uh, enjoy your discussion groups. If you don't know where to go, ask a leader uh, or go with the person who brought you.